We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. It's men of encouragement. And there's joy in the house of the Lord. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome, everybody. Put that other car seat in. You to get the, the one that you got. Look at what you're in there for my car. So much you give joy. What's up, everybody? It's Brother Q. We're men of encouragement. And we're about to get it in in just a minute. Give you guys time to get into the room. Yeah. Yeah. Shout it out. We were the beggars. Now we're been... royalty. Welcome, we everybody. Prisoners. Now we've been set free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Yeah. Brother Dixon, what's good with you? Oh man, shoot. I'm like, you know, like you said, it's nice to have another day of breathing. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, it's it's been a minute since we've um, we've been back together here on um, on the Men of Encouragement um, podcast, and um, and I'm glad that we're back. I mean, it's a it's a whole new year. How have you been, man? Fantastic. You know, we have um, like you say the holiday season all the way from Thanksgiving all the way to now. It's always. Um, a trying time, you know, especially since we're still going through this post-COVID, or you might want to still say the continuation of COVID, you know what I mean? It's still not over with yet, but, you know, we still learn how to live a life now with it. But uh, for me, the the most, I, I don't know if I want to call it traumatic experience I have, is right now I have my uh, 17-month-old grandson who's staying with us, and, uh, you know, it's been a joy as well as a pain, you know, to have him, you know, you talk about bittersweet, you know, but you can't, you can't beat it. Uh, having this time in my life to be able to have a grandson, 17 month old grandson. In fact, I also have a um, 16 month old grandson that I haven't had a chance to come to um, have him come stay with us, but uh, I met also, but yeah, we keeping him to February the 15th. I mean, February 21st. And uh, <clears throat> he's, he's turned our life upside down, but that's okay. You know I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a temporary scene that we, get a chance to enjoy and experience him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's beautiful. The life cycle. I'm glad that you could be here to be a part of it all as well. Right. There's a lot of folks who, uh, who miss out on that opportunity. So good for that. Um, mm -hmm. 
You know, I, I just wanted to kind of reset, you know, men of encouragement, you know, as a men's ministry, part of a men's ministry at Mount Olivet um, Baptist Church here in uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, but men of encouragement is just a space for, you know, for men. Um, you know, we're trying to reach out to men and just want to connect with you and have conversations. There's things that we're doing in the city. There's things we're doing virtually. And, um, and men of encouragement is just a space that we, you know, wanted to be able to find different ways to connect with brothers and and hopefully, like I said, like the way the podcast is named, it's just to encourage you. And so um, Brother Dixon is the uh, co-host and I myself, uh, Brother Q, uh, co-host. And today uh, we are going to be talking about asking for help, you know, and uh, Brother Dixon, you know, um, we talk about this often where, you know, men for some reason can go through all sorts of things and no, and no matter what, don't ask for help and they try to do it alone. I mean, you've been in the school system and you've, you've have a background in uh, counseling and you have a background in the ministry and such. What can you say contributes to why men do not ask for help? Well, I mean, you know, I had just been talking earlier about this and it's a, it's a point of view. I mean, there's, there's only two points of view, guys point of view and everybody else's point of view. And I think men, it, it comes down to where men have gotten their point of view from. Um, it's very interesting when we, when, when we think about the first point of view that a man is supposed to get is from his family or from his parents. And oftentimes he's going to be very close to the mother um, in, in the feeding and, and the caring and the nurturing and everything else like that. But the father has to be there also. And so... Um, oftentimes he, if he, if he gets a point of view, it's going to start off with the dad. If he doesn't get a point of view from the dad, then he's going to get a point of view from examples of other men and society. And I think the one point of view that men have, have gotten from the world is the point of view of being independent and not needing and asking for help. And so as a result, it's supposed to be something that's demeaning and beneath them and, and humiliating for them to need help, number one, but then to ask for help, number two, is even more uh, demeaning. So that's the point of view that men have been given from the world, and so now they all have lived it out and having this struggle of, man, I can't ask for help. If I ask for help, I'm, I'm going to be weak or, or there's going to be something wrong with me. There must be something wrong with me if I ask for help. I'm supposed to have it all together. And so that stress of men of having to have it all together and believing that they don't need help is causing a whole lot of problem in our, in our society and, and really more for men than anything else. Yeah. You know, I, um, I think about, you know, times in, you know, in my life, sometimes what men are going through is so such a, a heavy burden, you know, and you get into a space sometimes where, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with things that you haven't, dealt with you don't even know what you are even uh encountering at times and so oftentimes you know men can get into a place of just isolation and you know this pandemic the last few years um i don't know what the rate is for you know for suicide but i know there was the the young brother from um the uh ellen the ellen show um who took his life and i yeah and I of others mm -hmm. you know and it's uh you know, you have the pandemic and you have, you know, where we're all alone and we don't ask for help. And it almost in some ways has been a place where men, you know, have coveted to, to go and hide and, and to keep themselves away from um, from things that, you know, that that they're that they're struggling with. And that M.O., you know, that M.O. is just something that I can, you know, I can relate to. You know what I mean? I can definitely relate to as a man. And. And you almost go into it thinking like you're doing something good, you know what I mean? Because you're getting, you feel like you're getting away from it, um, but in essence, um, you know, we're not. You know what I mean? And it hasn't, it hasn't gone well for quite a few um, others. Well, that's a trick of the devil. I mean, you know, he wants to isolate us and make us feel like we uh, are in this by ourselves, and, and he wants us to be alone and, and and for us not to 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 seek out help, you know, from other brothers. You know, and first and foremost, seek help from God. I mean, you know, it, a perfect example of that is when when Adam sinned in the garden. 
first he did just just like what you say men do you know they run and hide <clears throat> and try to be alone and they feel guilt shame and condemnation that's exactly what adam did he felt guilty he felt shame he felt condemnation and so oftentimes men think that they're alone and nobody is going through what they're going through which is just totally the opposite everybody's going through the same thing so it seems like it makes even more sense for us all to get together and reach out to one another because we're all going through the same thing the bible says there is no temptation that has overcame any of us that's not common to all of mankind you know so we have common things that are going on we don't know always have the exact things but it's still principles that are very similar and the same and it comes back to what you just said the weight you know men carry an awful lot of weight and once again and that's that's the point of view that we have is that we are the carriers and the bearers of the weight uh, you know of the family the responsibility and so oftentimes men can't handle the weight that they're carrying and so there's a breakdown of a man because of the weight that they're carrying and they don't want to have uh, they don't want to be in public or have anyone see them um, broke broken down from not being able to bear the weight that they have to carry yeah you know I, I you know with the um, the way that men are by society and even in relationships you know a lot of times the way that we're seeing it's um, it's by our performance and so if you're not performing you know, at a high level or inconsistent. The truth is, is that we're going to have struggles and we're not going to always get it right all the time. And so the inadequacy, you know, of a man, they can, we carry a burden of guilt and shame um, because of our own personal disappointment, let alone disappointing a wife, you know, or family or your parents. And, um, and it's just like this, you know, this inherent responsibility, you know, to, to perform well and to do well even if you you know even if someone who who is not somebody who is a believer um there's a sense of you know there's a sense of them having to you know um of just a confidence you know there's a confidence that the man has you know a boldness and a confidence and honestly i think that sometimes that that pressure um of getting it right and wanting to be you know, wanting to be this man that is so impressionable and so, in, you know, um, able to influence and in theory for some to lead, but struggling with it wears on a lot of men. It wears on it wears on a lot of men and it wears on their it wears on their self-esteem uh, to a to a degree where, um, you know, men have a couple of choices, too. I think men have a chance to, you know, to hide, you know, um, to be, you know, just to be depressed and alone. But there's also, you know, there's opportunity to 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 act it out in anger as well um, because of the um, because of the burden or their sense of, you know, not having it all together. And I think that, um, you know, there's a conversation that, you know, men don't have because, again, you know, we don't have safe spaces, you know, and that's one of the things about the you know, the men's ministry and just ministry, you know, in general about men is being able to have spaces where you can have conversations, you know, where you can be um, uninhibited about your fears and insecurities, whereas you might not be able to do that even in your own home. Well, no, nobody wants to be judged. You know, the biggest issue is judgment, you know, and so many men don't want to face the possibility of being judged for what you've just brought up, you know, for being inadequate or, or not being successful or not performing at um, the same level. You know, the Bible says, you know, we're not supposed to, you know, judge ourselves among ourselves. You know, you're not supposed to be looking at what everybody else is doing. You know, a lot of times people look at what everybody else is doing. And so then they want again to start measuring themselves based upon what somebody else is doing. And once again, that's that point of view. That's that man, that world point of view. And so we will get to God's point of view on this, because I think once we get to God's point of view, then we'll have a better opportunity to to be more at peace with who we are and uh, what we do. And, and that performance is going to be based upon his power and his might right now. Right now, everything is based upon our own power and our own might and which is limited. And when we don't reach our ability with our own power and our own might, then we fall into the, all those things that you brought up. 
you know, feeling guilt, feeling shame, condemnation, being depressed, uh, feeling inadequate. I'm not good enough. Um, you know, all of those things that cause a man to go into hiding, to go into, uh, you know, staying away, seclusion from everyone else because they feel like they're getting ready to come and be faced with being judged and put down for for their non-performance, lack of performance, or, you know, they're up, you know, so it, it, it's, it's a vicious um, cycle that men get themselves found in and they find themselves alone and, and not having a place in a space where they feel comfortable and they feel safe to be able to express all of these feelings that they have that's going on with them. Yeah, I know quite a few men who are, are successful who um, like spending time alone and it's something that they covet to be able to be alone. And um, and I think that there's a level of being able to function and and have this, um, you know, have this mindset of being being alone is good. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with being alone. I mean, God want God himself, Christ uh, spent time alone you know, in the wilderness, right? Praying. There's nothing wrong with being alone, but it's also, you know, what's behind the reason why a man is, you know, is isolating himself, you know, and a, and a lot of men, you know, are isolated from the people in their own home that they are to be leading and connecting with. And so there's, there's men who can, who can uh, function and be successful at a, at a high level, but don't have a place, you know, to be safe, and be secure and to be able to communicate. And so there's a part of this that's not like, it's not black and white. You're not somebody who is, you know, if you're if you're not successful and you're hiding, it's because of, you know, the problems that you, the burdens that you're having. You can be, you can have like financial success and still hide and still isolate yourself in a very unhealthy way. And that part, you know, that part to me is the why behind you know, the isolation and the in, and the shame um, that I just think that in, in any space, in any arena, um, that this is applicable to all men. You know, this is applicable to women as well, but this is applicable, applicable to all men, no matter what your stature is or no matter what your faith is as well. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's a difference between being alone versus being lonely. You know, you have a lot. It's so, so it's OK to be alone. When Jesus was alone, he wasn't lonely. You know, he was with the father. In fact, he always said, you know, and referred to his father when he was alone, that he was happy to be alone with him and spending time with him. So I oftentimes would say, if you're alone, you should be alone with the father, spending time with the father. He'd like for you to be alone with him, you know, not have everybody else around. OK, that's first and foremost, you know. But, you know, you, you, have, you have, a, have a lot of men who have that, once again, that world's view uh, or point of view about success, what success is. I mean, you know, we, we have a lot of things, a lot of people who we look at externally and feel like they're successful, they're doing okay, everything should be okay. In fact, the, the young man who took his life, a lot of people thought, man, look, he got all this going on and everything seems to be going on and all this success that he's having. But see, no one knows what internally is going on with anybody. There's internal issues that go on with every single person. And there are a lot of people who are very unhappy internally. They can have all the riches and all the gold, all the wealth, all the positions and everything else. But they can be really kind of dead and sad inside internally. You know, and the Bible says, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You know, the soul is the mind, the will, the emotion, your thinking, your feeling and your choosing how you feel. You know, there's a whole lot of people who are never happy. They can have as much as they have and they're still not happy. You know, so the Bible says that, you know, you're successful when you have God with you. You know, you know, it, it talks about uh, Joseph who was sold into slavery right. while he was sold into slavery. The Bible said he was successful because God was with him while he was being a slave. So success in God's point of view is him being with you and you using utilizing him no matter what situation that you're in. And the world's view of success is money, fame, and power. And so that point of view is, if you don't attain that, then all of a sudden in the world's eyes, you're not successful. And so when you go ahead on and go with the world's view of success, then you're going to fall short. But God's view of your success, you don't fall short because he fearfully and wonderfully made 
every single one of us in his likeness and in his image. And so we have to be attached to him in order for us to have the right point of view. But once we be detached from him and have the world's point of view, well, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he wants to, just, to, to for us to take our life. He wants us to not feel unhappy. He wants us to feel unloved, uncared for. And he wants us to be alone. And he wants us to be independent of God. You know, these are these sound like conversations uh, to my younger self, right? But wouldn't you say that this um, would also apply to a, a man who is of age and wisdom? as well no 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 one has arrived you know <laughs> we all work in progress so we all in different stages of progress you know so the bible says when i was a child i spoke as a child i thought as a child i reasoned as a child but when i became a man i, I put childish things away it did not put an age on when you become a man because there's only one man and the bible says the man jesus christ so until we become like jesus we're going to be a work in progress and we won't become like Jesus until we with Jesus. The Bible said when Jesus returns, then we'll be like him. So in, in, until then, we are a work in progress and everybody is in their own progress. And so we shouldn't be judging, you know, if we think we further alone than somebody else. Well, no, that's just the stage that God is working with you in. And so we need to be supportive and encouraging to all of us that none of us have arrived. I don't care how old you are. You know, that doesn't make you mature. You know, there's some people who are old and very immature, and especially when it comes to Christ. You know, you, you can be very immature in Christ. Your relationship with God determines your, your maturity level. And so you're right. A, uh, some people think that they have arrived. You know, I mean, God is the only one who's omniscient, meaning that he's all knowing. Right. None of us is all knowing. So therefore, we continue to have to grow and learn. And so, you know, every day we have to learn something different because we don't know like God. No, God knows it all. That's why we should go to him because he already know it all. But we want to go ahead on and be left to ourselves and try to think we know it all. And we don't know it all. Well, here's here's one. So, you know, that there are men who would go to their grandmother. Right. For mm -hmm. help, or they go to their their mom. And some men, you know, are just relying on their wife for that help. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about that? Because, uh, you know, that relationship that re there's a dependence on grandma. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then some are dealing with the fact that they don't have that relationship anymore. Right. That that grandma used to grandma used to pray. Right. Or mom used to pray and, and give a good word, even though, you know, you know, that man wasn't. In his word, wasn't you know giving his time to God and building a relationship, but could come to grandma and and get this you know get this sense of like security, and then that goes away, right? Um, that is something that we could covet those relationships as men, and then in some cases have you know could have that dependency on on a wife as well, and in and in a lot of probably in more cases than not, a lot of men don't even feel that comfortable. Um, with their own wives to be able mm -hmm. to you know to come in the, come to them in vulnerability to deal with mm -hmm. deal with their struggles right like it you know even it could be medical it could be just emotional things it could be mm -hmm. things that you go through a season and you're 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 in a lost stage for a while and your your wife is looking at you you know because you're not you're underperforming <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I mean like you're underperforming mm -hmm. like you know there's some things mm -hmm. that and you could be you you can be going through things, you know. Mm -hmm. You can be going through mm -hmm. things, but you're seeing mm -hmm. she's seeing you where you're not meeting this level, right? And then the other piece that happens more on an more I'm speaking for men, men of encouragement, mm -hmm. where there's a comparison, you know, of things yeah, that yeah. you should be like this, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And you're not, and mm -hmm. so that place to hide for a lot of men is their you know their their grandmother, their you know their. Uh, mother, if they had a relationship, you know, with the, you know, with a male figure um, and not the reliance on the Holy Spirit, not the reliance on God's word. What do you have to say about that? Well, you know, that that value of being able to go to your grandmother there. there I mean, first of all, mother, you know, and grandmother, especially grandmothers at a different level, you know, versus even mother, because mother is, is just sacred. But then grandmothers to the, another, to the next level, because that's a relationship that. You feel very comfortable, very secure, and you feel very loved. And I think the loving relationship of a grandmother 
it's what causes uh, some men to have that 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 feeling. I don't say all men, just like there's some men who have that kind of relationship with their mother. And then there's some men who have that kind of relationship with their wives. But here's God's point of view. God's point of view is that the greatest relationship that he wants you to have on earth is with your spouse. He wants that to be the primary number one relationship. Because in the beginning, when he made Adam, he said that here's the things that I'm going to want you to do while you're on earth and I'm in heaven. Here's the things I want you to do on earth. I made this earth for you and for you to rule over it and for you to have control over it. But you're going to need to have some help in doing what I'm asking you to do. And so he made Adam leave. He made Adam a woman to help him rule. He did not say for him to rule by himself. He said that I wanted them to rule together. So man and woman was equal in the beginning. Adam was made first. And so he was the leader, but he was not supposed to do that independent of his wife. So once sin took place, now the relationship between man and woman is totally different. And that's the result of right now today. But here is intimacy because God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. And God wants us to have an intimate relationship with our wives and our wives to have an intimate relationship with their husbands. The definition of intimacy, and this is why men have a very difficult time with intimacy, is intimacy means to come into me and see. Come into me and see. There ain't too many men. Let nobody come into them and see who they are. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Okay. They're not letting nobody come into them and see. So now they want to hide who they are, even from their wives. They do not let their wives come into them and see. Now, a wife who, who dwells with us with understanding, God had to give us a command to dwell with our wives in understanding, meaning that we need to be paying attention to them. But our wives pay very close attention to us. They see who we are. They watch everything that we do. It's no different than kids who grow up and watch their parents and watching them. You know, just like Christians, people watching Christians, people watching. You are being watched no matter what. Men are being watched. That's why they hide, because they don't want to be seen, because they're being watched. And so a wife, a woman watches a man and knows him really well. She's been paying attention to him, but a man does not turn around and allow her to come into him and see him and see who he are, see his hurts, see his pains, see all his weaknesses, see that he needs help, see that he is not as strong as he wants everyone to believe that he is. And so that's the reason why God says on the hierarchy, okay, that God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man and man is the head of woman. Now, head, people think means the boss and authority and what have you. No, head means source. God is the source of Jesus. Jesus is the source of man and man is the source of woman because woman came from man. So he, so she, his source, she, you know, he is her source. So he's supposed to be the source for her. And so when, and then, then he has to deal with his source. His source is Jesus. So now a woman is supposed to pay attention to whether or not he is dealing with his source. In other words, his head. Because many men are walking around headless. They don't have a head. Jesus right. is their source, their head. And so now if they don't have him as a source, they're not going to be able to function. And so once again, they're being detached from the vine. Jesus say, you are a branch and I'm the vine. And right. without me, you can bear no fruit. So a branch can't be running around and say, I don't need no, I don't need no vine. I don't need no, I don't need no tree. I can do my own thing. I can bear fruit on my own. No, you cannot bear no fruit without being attached to the vine. And Jesus is our vine. So many men are detached from their source, who is Jesus, which makes them unable to be a source for their wife. And so that's where we have all those problems that come in at. And so now, since they do not want to allow a woman to come into them and see, and we don't have that intimacy, they don't have a level of relationship that they need to have in order for them to be able to go to their wives and say, honey, I need help. And, 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 and I need your help in order for us to do what God has called us to do. Okay. 
So so there lies the problem. Once again, world world point of view versus God's point of view. We need to go back to what God says that we need to do and use him for our source and our power and our might. Now, you um, I want you to speak about the um, ministry that you have with women, because what we know and you just said it and we've been talking about it is oftentimes men do not ask for help. They're not um, communicating their intimate feelings, even with the, the close friends that they have. And it's um, but it's not uncommon for women to gather and to speak about their feelings, their struggles. And they model, you know, a behavior and a lifestyle that is very um, nourishing, you know, to kind of deal with life, you know, situations. Talk about talk about how you got to this, uh, the ministry that you, you know, that you have um, every week as well. I, I, I know we are, you know, we have our men's ministry, but you do a lot. And I just wanted you to talk about what led you to that, that women's ministry. Okay. Um, before I do that, you said something that, um, man, I, I just kind of just lost, lost track of what you just said, you know, that, oh, um, pride. Cause I know that's something you talk, you talk about a lot of times is pride. Okay. Men, men, men are very prideful. Okay. You know, that's what got the devil out of heaven was pride. You know, I mean, I, I can, I, I'm going to declare my independence from God is what the devil said. The devil said, I'm getting ready to declare my independence from you, God. I'm, I can do my own thing. Okay. And, uh, and then he came to earth, you know, and landed in the garden and said, okay, I'm going to get Adam and Eve to declare their independence from God too. You know? And so now after that fall, we're all, the Bible is just broken up to two kinds of people. Those who declare their independence from God versus those who will declare their dependence upon God. And pride is declaring your independence from God. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can, I, I got to do this on my own. If I don't do this on my own, then I, then I'm no good. I'm less than I'm short of and what have you. Okay. But declaring your, your, your dependence on God is being humble. Okay. Being humble. There's a difference between being humble versus being humiliated. A lot of times people think being humbling is being humiliated. And I think people need to understand the difference between the two because we have a problem with humiliation. Okay. God is saying, I'm not trying to humiliate you. I want you to be humble, meaning his definition of humble, his point of view of being humble is dependent upon him. Being humble enough to say, God, I need you. I cannot do this without you. I cannot breathe without you. I cannot get a peaceful sleep at night without you. I cannot get up and move in this life and go anywhere without you. Every single thing that goes on, I need to point to you and get your direction first. Okay. So I just thought I needed to say that because I know you talk about a lot, a lot about being humble. And, yeah. and a lot of times people don't want to be humble. And men don't want to be humble when it comes to needing help. They want to declare their independence from God. They don't want to declare their dependence. See, being humble is declaring your dependence on God. Okay, God, I'm dependent upon you. I need you. I can't do this without you. But declaring your independence from God is, oh, I can do this. I got this. And you're not telling the truth. You're not telling the truth because you ain't got this and you're not doing this and you're not feeling good. You're not at peace with yourself. Okay. So now speaking on um, the women's ministry, um, before COVID hit uh, at our church, Mount Olivet, uh, we have a counseling ministry. And uh, we have, uh, in order for people to get certified to be a, a counselor at the church, you have to go through some classes. You have to go through four years of some classes in order for you to become a counselor. And there is a class level one that's an introduction to counseling that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go from one to class two, to class three, and class four. You can just stop at class one because class one is how to counsel yourself with the Bible. So it's biblical counseling, how you use the Bible to counsel yourself. Now, I have a master's in counseling psychology, so I dealt with secular counseling. So I know all about counseling from the world's point of view. But this counseling is counseling from God's point of view, and it's also counseling by the power of the Spirit. And so that class allowed for people to take that class as an introduction. And I taught BC2. When you go to one, I go to two. And then you go to three to four. But I used to teach two all the time. And every time I taught two, it would be full of women, all women, no men. 
And one of the problems about our church, we needed more men counselors, you know, because once again, men don't be wanting to go to counseling because men don't feel like they need help. When in fact, they know they need help, but they say, I can't make it look like I need no help. So I ain't going to go to no counseling. I mean, first of all, black folks don't go to counseling, period. You know, men or women, they don't go to counseling. So, you know, it's a cultural thing. You know, we don't feel like we need to be looking like people think going to counseling is you must be crazy. Okay, well, shoot, we all need, well, that means the Holy Spirit, you know, God said that the Holy Spirit, we, I'm giving it to you because you're crazy. Well, that, that might be some truth to that because we got the Holy Spirit to help us. But so when I saw that BC2, that second class for all women all the time, I went to the pastor and asked the pastor, I say, pastor, can I go back to the first class and recruit men to take the class so that I can get men in class one and bring them on to class two and I can have men in class two? And he said, uh, initially, he said, well, you know, that is supposed to be a co-ed class. But since we're having a problem with getting men, let's see how it would work if we go ahead and make it an all men's class. You know, because once again, here with men, men felt more comfortable by being all together as men. You know, you know, it's like sports, you know, all men's team, you know, we're in the locker room together and all that kind of stuff, you know. So it's a man thing. OK, so so it worked. You know, I got 30 men for the first class. And um, afterwards, you know, I got some I got some pushback from the women. I had never taught BC one. Somebody else taught BC one. It was always co-ed, but it would always be women. Then they come to two and then I see all the women. I say, well, let me go back to one and see what's going on in one. So when I talked to men and women saw 30 men show up, they said, well, hey, you you just going to just isolate it and do it for men. What, What about the women? So then I had to go ahead on and turn around and do a co-ed and do one for women. Okay. So then the next year came around and I did another one for men again. So I went from 30 men and doubled it up. We got 60 men. And so then the women say, okay, we're waiting for our turn now. So now I had to turn around and do it for the women again. And then COVID hit. COVID hit. So when COVID hit, that stopped the opportunity for me to do it for women. And uh, I started getting phone calls for women who had signed up to take the class. They said, hey, what happened? You know, we didn't get a chance to have the class, you know. And I said, well, COVID hit. The church church is shut down. There's nothing going on. And so then I got a call a month later from some of those same women who said, hey, you know what? The people are using Zoom a lot nowadays. You know, how about doing something by Zoom? I said, well, I can't do anything sanctioned by the church because the church is shut down. But I can do some topical counseling. And so that's how it got started with that group of women, which I thought was only supposed to go for a session. And now we're on year three and we're covering right now the topic of understanding the book of Revelations. And so we have up to 55 women who are involved. And so uh, we do that on Wednesday nights, 7 to 830. Anyone paying attention to this, you want to get on in on that. You know, I have recordings that I can send out to you to let you hear what, what we've been doing. We only had one time in the new year because that was last Wednesday. So. That's how they, that, how that got started. And how about the men's class? That's been going on forever. I mean, I, I've always had a life group anyway. What happened during COVID was I opened it up from a life group to a men's study. So that way it, it included not only my life group, it included men from all over the country, really, and any place else, you know. And even men that are in life groups, you know, come to, to my men's study also. And so we do that on Sundays at 2 o'clock. And uh, we're doing the same thing since the women opened up uh, understanding the book of Revelations. I'm doing understanding Revelations also for the men. And um, so that that works out real well uh, for me to be able to just cover the same topic uh, with the men as well as I'm doing with the women. Amen. And so um, a couple of things that I wanted to share, too, is that this has been a perpetual this has been a perpetual way for men to think about um not asking for help doing it alone um uh, just suffering you know just kind of enduring these things that you know that we can probably get help and and our lives could be on the, the right trajectory and i think about you know the different influences we have and so sometimes i think that you know men could fall into these different states of unhealthy behavior just by the spirit that's in their household right if it's if their if their household is not being um, led you know by the spirit if your house if you're not praying in your home if you're not talking about god if you don't have a uh, a godly relationship with your wife and with your kids you know your home will take on a spirit you know and then i also think about our friendships you sometimes we have friendships 
that if we are fellowshipping and friend, friendships with other men who don't talk about things, um, how are you going to be urged to want to talk about those things that are on your heart? You know, and so friendships are friendships have a way of influence us as well in, in regards to um, how we're being influenced. And then um, the wives, you know, the 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 health of the marriage. You can't do all these things that you talked about if the if the health of the relationship in the marriage is is unhealthy, because in, in a lot of cases, and this is unfortunate, people can be together for a long period of time and you could be in a season, too. But you're but you're not talking to your wife. Right. You're avoiding her by all costs. And so therefore, you know, you, you still kind of have to live and live with this burden. And then the other thing, too, um, there's a lot of things that when you're not doing the thing you should do you're doing the thing to kind of offset and just even how we entertain ourselves could be influenced us in a way to even um create this you know more of whatever that issue is that you might be dealing with because you're not you're not facing it and so our entertainment you know the, the things we watch on tv just the things that we will spend our time in that may be affirming an unhealthy uh an unhealthy behavior an unhealthy choice and so um what is what is your life you know, what is your marriage, the things you care about? What are the what's the spirit of those things? You know, are those things like things love are those things of God to encourage you to to want to have help and to get help as well? And if not, change them. <laughs> well, it, it goes back to you said something. You said something. And I, and I just went to a scripture that is uh, first Corinthians uh, 15, uh, verse 33. And uh, it says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Yeah. Evil company, evil company. In other words, if you're going to hang around with evil, <laughs> you know, and evil is anything that's not of God, you know, because the devil is evil. If you hang around anything, it's going to corrupt you. So you don't need to be hanging around with evil. Okay, that's the first thing I would say. I'm going to go back to the hierarchy. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. And it says that God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. And the man is the head of woman. And so if man is not in Christ, then he's going to be allowed to have a head of something else. His source is going to be something else other than Christ. And if your source is something other than Christ, because the household is supposed to be headed by the man, he is supposed to be the source. He is supposed to be the water faucet. If he is not the water faucet and he's allowing something else to be the water faucet, then the household is going to be corrupt by whatever water faucet that that's being uh, in control when it's not by the man. So it comes down to what is a man thinking about? The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, as a man thinketh. In his heart, so is he. So, you know, we have to ask, what are men thinking about? You know, what, what's on their mind? And what are they thinking about the most? Okay, because what their thoughts is going to have a major impact on how they feel. And so then the question becomes, where do thoughts come from? Okay, well, thoughts come from three things, three sources. Thoughts come from what you see, what you hear, and what you say. And that's from the time that you was in the womb up until now, you didn't see some things when you first got out and started seeing. But you heard a whole lot of stuff even when you was in the womb. You know, that's why we talk to the babies, you know, in the womb, you know, because they can hear. OK, so what have you been told? What have you heard all your life? And then what you say, because whatever you say, you can hear, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you got to watch what you say. I say that to say all of this. If you're not thinking on God's word and God's point of view then you're going to be thinking on things that are not God's point of view. And anything that's not God's point of view is usually the devil's point of view. And so he brings about evil, corruption, destruction. His whole goal is to, is to steal, kill, and destroy. His whole goal. That's his whole purpose. Even if you're a Christian, he still wants to kill you, destroy you. You know, he still want to disrupt you. He still wants you to be away from God. He wants you to be anti-God. He don't want you to depend upon God. He wants you to be. So now he wants your household to be in disarray. The Bible said, do not give place to the devil. You can give place to the devil. Many people give place to the devil.
And so your foundation has to be in Christ. When you believe your foundation is not in Christ, you got a lot of people who say, well, I got a good house. I got a good family. I got a good home and everything else like that. And, you know, that can be fine and dandy, but everybody's going to face a crisis, a situation. I call it an evil day. Ephesians 6 says an evil day. Everyone is going to be subjected to the evil day. If you haven't been subjected to the evil day, keep living. You will be subjected to the evil day. And it tells you during that time period that you need to stand on Christ. In other words, you need to stand in his power and in his might. And we all have crises. We all going to have trials. We all going to have tribulations. And that's what happens when men break down is through crisis, trials and tribulations. And they don't go to a source that they've been with all along. You know, you want to go to God now after everything else don't work. Then you probably say, well, you know, maybe let me try God now, you know, because I'm in a bad situation and and, and nothing's been able to help. My resources don't help. People who I know don't help. You know, all the money I have don't help. You know, my, all my education don't help. You know, all the stuff that I know about the Bible don't help. You know, he don't want you to just know the Bible. He wants you to know him. Amen. Between religion and, and Christianity, a personal relationship with God. It ain't about knowing God. It's knowing him. He wants you to know who he is. And then you'll understand the scripture better when you know who he is. Yeah. And, and so shout out to all the men at wherever you're at. You know, there are some some brothers right now who think they they know God, but you don't talk to God. You know what I mean? And, and what you know about God is what you did back when you were going to Bible school, you know, uh, Sunday school, you know, and your parents were making you go. And now that they're not making you to go, that relationship, you know, that you that you in your heart think that you have is no longer even in, it's not even happening. You're not even going to church. You're not reading your Bible. You're not in a men's group. You're not even participating in how you can serve God because it's not about you just knowing God. It's also, if you know God, then what is God calling you? And so doing those things is when I, when I hear a man said, I know God and he, and he pulls back. And one of the things that I think about as a man, how much we will avoid all of these things. So avoidance is not fixing it. You know what I mean? Avoiding talking to your wife is not fixing it. Avoiding talking to your homie you know, it's not fixing it. You got that friend who's living however he's living and, and you still hang out with him and you still go out to have drinks with him when he's when he's when he's foul as all can be. And, you know, you're struggling, you know, like you want something better. Right. It's being able to not avoid that conversation, you know, and in 2023, we're coming into this new year and we're going to have a hard time still. You're still going to have a hard time doing whatever you had planned for, whatever you carried over because you have not asked for help. And the solution to a lot of resolutions and revelations is going to be asking for help. And what does that help sound like? You know, baby, <laughs> I'm having a tough time communicating with you. I don't know how to tell you how I feel and what I'm going through. And, and when I tell you something, mm -hmm. you're attacking me in a certain kind of way. And, and then it cuts me off and I don't want to finish my sentences with you. So you know what I do? I'll go mm -hmm. and be by myself and watch TV or I'll go play golf. I'm going to go someplace else and have a drink. I don't want to talk to you. Right. And so being able to like stand in two, uh, 2023 and be able to face everything that you're being challenged with, my brother, everything. Mm -hmm. And you can look in the mirror, that's yourself. Hey, self. <laughs> hey, self, it's me. You know what I mean? And talking to yourself saying, hey, self, I don't I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like these routines. I can blame the devil and I can blame my wife, you know, but I got to deal with myself. And then the other piece is, is, is praying. You know, and I, I'm a firm believer of, of getting um, professional therapy, you know, and not reliance on self, not relying on a book and TED Talks. Right. And, and, and standing for yourself and before God in the saying enough and meeting these challenges face like facing these things and not hiding from not running from and not doing them alone. Like I can tell you right now, men, if you're struggling in a relationship with your children and with your wife right now. I'm going to tell you, this is going to be something that will change your 2023 is get humble, ask for help and give grace because you need grace and take your time with yourself Amen. and take your time with Amen. yourself. These things aren't going to happen. These things aren't going to happen overnight. And so one of the strongest things that we can do, men, is to go against what you've learned, which is doing it by yourself and to ask for help. The strongest thing that we can do is not not asking for help. We got to kill that. Not asking for help is dead. We can't do that. Not asking for help is, is keeping you complacent. It's keeping you content, but you're not growing. You're not in purpose. You're not, you're not expanding. You know what I mean? Your territory hasn't enlarging. Your family is not changing. It's not growing. It's not evolving in a way that is going to be fruitful. 
right? The legacy that you have because you're the leader, it's not changing because you haven't made you haven't made the change to get strong by asking for help. And and to me, um, help another brother out by being willing to be vulnerable. Easy. Easy. Right now, there's another brother right now just needs to know that you're going through a thing. That's, that's it. And you don't even have to get into the details. I feel you, brother. I feel you. And, and he ain't got to be. He ain't even got to be all the way in Christ because God knows every man's heart. But just sharing a little bit can change the trajectory of some men's life. We, you know, Robin Williams was somebody that I just I can never get out of my head. The helicopter flying around his estate, twenty million dollar estate, and all the money and all the things that he's done and accomplished. The burden is too heavy, fellas. And we can change our life. We can change our relationships, and you can be even more attractive to your wife the more vulnerable you get about dealing with your stuff and then get with some men, get with some, not just any men, but eventually evolve into getting with some men who fear God, not men who can tell you every, where all the scripture is at, but men who honestly, sincerely and genuinely fear God in a loving way. Right. Amen. And that those, those are, those are some things that we need to get. We need to get in control for others. God head, we're headless. He said, can, we can we can change that. We ain't got to stay the same. And here's the deal: if you still are the same, <laughs> if you still are the same, you playing yourself. You need to evolve. You can't still you can't be the same guy you were in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, 60s, and 70s. You have to evolve because you are constantly going to be um, experiencing things that should be enlightening you and still should be changing the way that you see things. And it's all about healing, fellas. Um, we're going to we're going to be um, getting out, and I'm asked the moderator um, and brother Dixon. I'd like for you to share what we got going on on February 18th. Okay, Fe February 18th, we have a father daughter breakfast, and that's open to any man that has a father. I mean, has a daughter. Um, you, if you don't have a daughter, you may have a granddaughter. You may have a uh, niece. Uh, you know, you're okay to bring a niece. You know, I, I have. Um, and at the church ran into some other women who whose fathers have died or whose whose grandfathers have died, who their uncles have died. And and then I offered to bring them, you know, so um, so it's pretty open, you know, for for men to bring um, a special woman in their life. But, the, you know, not your wives. It's not a father. It's not a, a husband wife event, but uh, it's a father daughter and, and, and not to me fathers probably have had uh, breakfast with their daughters, you know? And so this would be a great opportunity for you to come spend some time with your daughter as well as having, looking around and seeing other men with their daughters, you know? It's gonna range from some 80 year old men having some 60 year old daughters and all the way to some, you know, 19 year old boys, you know, having some, 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 little, some little daughters, you know? So it'll be a range, you know? And so this is a blessing time for, for men and, to get together for men to see other men who have uh, daughters in their lives and, and the difficulty that it can be for a man, you know, to, to be a father to a daughter. And, uh, you know, we're going to have Pastor Wendell is going to speak, be the speaker uh, at that time on that day for that. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to just let people know that Donna Harris is going to be cooking the breakfast, you know. So for those of you out there who know who she is, you know, you know, she throw down. So, you know, if nothing else, you know, you, you want to come get that meal that breakfast, you know, so it's going to be a blessed time. You know, we're, we're really reestablishing this, you know, we've had a hiatus because of COVID for several years. And so now we're bringing it back and uh, it, it, it promises to be a blessed time. You know, we have photos that you can take with your, your daughters. You'll get a chance to get pictures and those type of things for free that you'll have for some keepsake for a long period of time. And it's $10 per person. Uh, we will be getting uh, tickets will go on sale uh, tomorrow, in fact, the day is Saturday. Tomorrow will be the, uh, the 15th. And so we will have ticket sales that you'll be able to go online to be able to get. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, hopefully this will this will blow it up as far as how many people show up in attendance. Yeah, you know, this is um, this father daughter um, breakfast has been just um, I don't know. It, in my heart, I've been thinking about having men have a space to be with their daughter in a healthy environment um, gives them a chance to plant a seed. And then there's going to be, in some cases, going to be a chance for some, some to heal 
if if they take the chance. And I and I love like the scripture when it says, um, you know, your children are your treasure. Um, there's a lot of different situations and relationships. You know, the father daughter relationship is one that is extremely important um, because, you know, inevitably that that young daughter becomes a wife, you know. And so we're planting we're planting those seeds and we're building that relationship. And um, and for me, I just feel like this is a, this space is one where men, you can't stay the same. <laughs> the moment you had a child, especially when you had a daughter, you can't stay the same. And so it requires a, a level of vulnerability and a level of uh, selflessness to really be a godhead, which means, you know, bring your daughter, you know, and bring your niece if she doesn't have a father. Right. Whoever it is that's around you. Um, you know, we, we're, we're going to have so many tables, um, but we definitely want to make sure that every young girl gets a chance to be in this space. And any, you know, any woman who has her father um, and they come together, we, we want them to be there. This is an opportunity for the message that's going to be delivered um, to encourage the love relationship for the father and the daughter um, and the daughter and her father. And um, and I'm, I'm excited for this. But this is a space, man. Um, this is manning up right here. You know what I mean? It ain't about you telling, you know, being, you know, being the commander, you know what I mean? It's going to be about this act of love and, and having a time to come and eat, take a picture with your daughter and making some moments that'll be memorable. It may be an opportunity for men to, to reconcile with their daughters. There may be some reconciliation that needs to take place between fathers and daughters. And this is the perfect opportunity for you to invite them to come to have breakfast with you. And now they're going to be in a space and an environment that will allow that relationship to go through the healing that it needs to go through in order for that to take place. So for those of you who may have some estranged relationships with your daughters, this is an opportunity for you to be, be able to bring that relationship back together to re reconcile that relationship. Yeah. You know what, you know, the one thing about love and, you know, I talk about love all the time, you know, love will bring you back uh, to God. And so in loving our children um, wholeheartedly and selflessly, the way God loves us, it will draw you back. So if you've been struggling in your faith and you've been struggling in any kind of way, you know what I mean? Loving, loving your child and loving your child the way God loves you and, and God loves this world. Um, it will help you. It, it'll help bring you back if you're struggling. And um, again, you know, we just, you know, not forgetting this message today is about getting help. Let this be one step. Get in a space, get in a space that is encouraging you to uh, deal with your stuff. And, and this father daughter breakfast is going to be a fun time. It's a celebratory time. Um, but allow yourself, allow yourself the opportunity to, you know, to be there, to be present and to participate prizes and, um, and, and having fun with your, with your family. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so with that being, with that being said, we, um, we're going to get out, um, brother Dixon, do you have any, you have any last words before I close this out? Well, you know, I wanted to kind of speak to the women also, um, about this helping thing. You know, I think the greatest compliment that God gave to a woman is that he really almost equated her to the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, when he made Adam, he said, let me make you a helper. And the woman is that helper. So women were made to help men. Sometimes women don't like to help men. And sometimes women get turned away from helping men because the man tells them, get away from them. I don't need your help. And that's a lie, you know. So now you have to be strong enough to look past um, what he's saying, the lie that he's telling you, knowing that he needs your help. So now you have to deal with how do you help a person that act like they don't want help, don't need help, but he's lying about help. And so now you need help from father, from the father to be able to help a person like that who you may love. And the second time that help was brought up in the Bible that we need was when Jesus said that I am getting ready to leave. He told the disciples, I'm getting ready to leave. And it's, and it's important for me to leave because without me leaving, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper won't come upon you to lead, guide and direct your life because you need help. And you know the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit would lead and guide and direct us into all truth. The, the world is full of lies. And so we need to know the truth. 
And the only person that knows the truth is God. And he has put God, the Holy Spirit in us to lead and guide us into all truth. So we need that help. So so women, you know, he equated you with the Holy Spirit as a helper. And that's a powerful position to be in. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit to be who God has made you to be, the helper. He didn't say, you know, that you only help those who you want to help, who you like to help, and, and because they won't help and because they ask for help. No, you have to add, you have to help irregardless of that. You can't be you can't have a feeling about helping. You have to help because you were made to help. You are a helper. So having said that, hopefully you would be strengthened during this uh this time to become the helper that God has made you to be. Yeah. And one question for you. Did Jesus ask for help? <laughs> Amen. Yes. Yeah, he, he oh, asked for help. He he asked, right. he asked he asked he asked for help as well. So don't think you are bigger than God Amen. and ask for help. You know what I mean? So we uh we thank you. Um all of those who have tuned in, who watch us in the replay, we thank you. Um be sure to follow us at on Instagram, Men of Encouragement. We're also on Facebook and we'll soon be on YouTube as well to share this. Um and also look for us next week as well. We um we'll be back on next week. And um, look for the the ad. We are looking to to uh, host it next week at ten o'clock um, next Saturday. Um, but again, we thank you. We love you. God bless you guys, and have uh, a wonderful weekend. Take care. Peace. Peace.